Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ask Anything presented by Mosher Consulting. I'm your host, Angel Leon, Mosher's Director of Personnel. We're glad you're with us for this episode of Ask Anything, and with us today is Mosher's Director of Data within our Data and Analytics Division, Tim Mack, who joins us today to talk about an interesting topic that I think is very relevant in today's fluctuating job market, and that is reviving your career. Tim has a very interesting story on how his career in IT has unfolded. He came from a different background that I think not a lot of people would associate with IT, but I'm going to let Tim explain to us what that is. So, Tim, it's great to have you here on Ask Anything. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk about really a topic that's um, in today's job market. It really is very interesting and important. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. I am Tim Mack, as Ann Health told you all. I actually have a degree in wildlife science. So mm -hmm. while at college, I met some people that knew a Purdue graduate that was in Idaho and sent back and said, hey, we're looking for people to work jobs. So I took a job with the Forest Service in Cascade, Idaho, worked mm -hmm. there four years, really liked it. I have fought wildland fire, and it is an adrenaline rush that you would never ever be able to, uh, they say it's close to parachute diving. I haven't done that. Perfectly good plane. No reason <laughs> to jump out of it. Um, but they say it's close to that. So out there while I was doing that, I did get exposed a little bit to computer systems. It was mainframe systems that we worked with the Forest Service. And I did excel at it. So I liked that kind of work. But I kept on doing forestry work. Uh, after four years at Idaho, I moved back to Indiana. I got married. And the first thing I did is I went into consulting work. So not IT consulting, forestry consulting. So I did mm. consulting services for private woodland owners, helped me develop a lot of sales skills, communication skills. At the time, I didn't think any of that mattered. I was just, you know, having fun working in the woods. Now that I'm in a <laughs> consulting company, all those things are pulled together. That kind of came naturally to me because I'd been doing it for a while already. So I was that odd IT guy that could do sales talks too and do the technical work. So I think that helped accelerate. Why I was in Indiana, like I said, I was doing consulting forestry for private woodland owners. Did that for about six years. Ty Moser, who started Moser Consulting, was doing some consulting work at the time. And I have a friend that works at insurance, or at the time did work at And he said, hey, you know, I'm looking for someone to start in the IT industry. He threw my name, talked me up to Ty. Ty interviewed me and my very first week at Moser Consulting, I was taking an Oracle education class in Cincinnati, Ohio, learning how to program an Oracle SQL. I had never <laughs> done it before in my life. And I actually, I loved the course. It <laughs> fed my need to learn something. So it was outside of my, what I knew, and the challenge of learning it, I really dug into, and I liked that a lot. When I came back from that training course, I actually worked side by side with Ty for four and a half years at that client. So he was teaching me the things that he knew. I was teaching him some of the things that I had learned in my class. As that moved forward progressively, I would say, hey, I need to learn this. I bought books. I did a lot of studying on my own, talked to other people in the industry. Um, the, at that time, the Indiana Oracle users group was really big and I was attending those meetings as often as I could to get more insight, more information. 
Uh, Moser had another subcontractor at the time, and he's back with us today as an FTE. And he taught me a lot about the Oracle things that he was doing. So if I hit a stumbling block, I had someone to reach out to. And that really helped me because every now and again, let's face it, when you're coming green from something completely different, you're going to hit a few blocks on the way. And it was really refreshing and great to have that community that Mojo brings of, hey, I can reach out to this person or that person and get the information I need and keep being successful what I do. So that gets us back to the year 2000. I started in June. Ty says by the end of that year, I was explaining things to him and he knew and was learning from me. I think it took a little bit longer. <laughs> so as new technologies came forward, I did continue <laughs> taking education classes where I could. I got certified at one point. My certification has lapsed on that version. A lot of hands-on training is what I found doing it. Command line, not using tools. Generally at that time, they weren't great. So I learned how to the nuts and bolts behind it. So I had a better understanding of that helped me as the tools came on. I started using the tools like everybody else makes your job simpler, quicker, and you can get more things done because now you have a tool, whereas you had to code all that before. And as any good DBA, I learned quickly, probably about six months. If you have to do it more than once, you write a script, keep it <laughs> around and you're going to use it again and again. So I have oh, about 250 database scripts that I like to use. I pull out every now and again and look at and as technology has moved up, I knew that I couldn't know everything. So I am a director now. So I started hiring people that knew those things. And I started doing more of the sales side of that. I still put my hand in technology. I still get to the keyboard, still get to the command line. But I realize I can't know it. And the next generation is doing it different and not necessarily worse or better. But they know all those technologies that I haven't spent the time to learn. And they're coming up and they're growing to do the same things I'm doing. I see the same kind of thirst for knowledge, I guess, is what I would say. I really like that I don't know it all, and I can always find something new to learn. And IT has really propelled me that lifelong learning that I want and I seek, and this job really feeds that need. There's always something to learn on the way. So one of the trainings that I did find beneficial to me is I took a leadership training from the Boy Scouts of America. It's called Wood Badge. If any of you guys are out there, it's it teaches you management skills, how to project plan, how to lead a team, how to go through storming, forming, norming, and performing teams. <laughs> it teaches you all those smart things. I encourage you to look for something that gives you that kind of management background, team leading background, because I feel like that's something that I didn't have. And that was one venue that I found it and learned it from. And that's really helped me as we grew the team and become a better manager. The other thing it teaches you is servant leadership. How can mm -hmm. I expect the people that I'm managing to do it if I'm not willing to do the same thing? So I think it does a really good job of teaching that. And I think that has really helped me in my career too. That is a lot to unpack there, Tim. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. But I, I, the most pressing question for me right now is going back to your beginnings in the Forest Service. So what let you there? What what was your interest in the Forest Service? So at that time, I was studying wildlife science. So I did have a lot of people around me that were studying forestry, wildlife management. So I started in Purdue as a pharmacy student. Oh. And I'm taking those courses as, <laughs> hey, if you want to be a pharmacist, you're going to make a lot of money. You're going to do all this. 
but you're not going to do these things. And I took that to heart. So my second semester, at, I just started taking general studies. And I took chemistry courses. I took uh, biology courses, ecology, genetics. And I took one course in the forestry department. And that semester when I did that mix, I actually made the dean's list for the first time. I was like, this is the stuff I want to do. Oh. And that led me to talking to a guidance counselor and said, hey, these are the things I like. I'm like, you should try this. So <laughs> I, I ended up more on wildlife science because I had a better science background than a forestry background. And why I was there is my sophomore year, a Purdue graduate sent a letter back to Purdue and said, hey, I'm looking for students to work the summer for the Forest Service. Send me some names. So me and another guy from Friendship, Indiana, got hired by the Forest Service while we were in college, packed up a Ford Ranger and drove to Idaho in two days. Yeah, we stopped in Wyoming on the way. First trip in Idaho, we got pulled over by the state police because they didn't recognize an Indiana license plate and wanted to know where that was from. We were like, what did we do wrong? Why are we getting pulled over? But got out there and I absolutely loved working, running around in the woods for the Forest Service. It was a great job. Great, great summer experience. When you do graduate from the university, you actually get an automatic pay raise. So that was even nicer. I had student loans like everybody else. If I worked for the Forest Service for 10 years, those would be forgiven, whatever I didn't have paid off at the time. So that was another incentive. So as I moved through that time with the Forest Service, we started doing some computer programming around data of how insects were attacking trees and things and how we were going to track that. And we okay. had a couple people that did database work out there that I worked with. They didn't like it. And I said, let me try it. And I was really <laughs> good at it. And they were asking me how to do X, Y, and Z after that. And I realized this is okay. So I, I took a sprinkling of those courses when I went back to Purdue. They were okay. I didn't see that as a calling or something that I was going to end up doing at that point. Went back to the Forest Service, did those things again. When I got married, I didn't have a, a big plan of what I was going to do in Indiana. Uh, I, another friend actually recommended me to a person that was starting the consulting forestry business. So I was employee number two for that company. That, that really interacting with uh, customers on a you know, daily basis, face-to-face, -face, selling the ideal that I can do the work for you, that I'm good at it. Those all grew out of there. Uh, at that time... We actually had a software system for doing timber sales and woodland inventory. It was written by someone that's not related to Ty, but has the same last name that taught at Purdue University. There was a John Mosier up there that taught that. And we bought his program. And I started interacting with him on, hey, have you ever considered doing it this way or this way to do this inventory? and do it? Because it was just a, it was an Excel spreadsheet behind it. And we started doing database things behind it. I like that, too. So I, those were talked up in my resume when I sent it to Ty. I was looking for a job. Hey, these are the IT things I've done. <laughs> yes, this is my background, where I came from. Ty asked a lot of questions about, it seems like you've everywhere you've gone, you've excelled at this. That, and I said, yeah. I said, I'm really looking to something that will challenge me to learn. That's what I really wanted from the IT. I felt like I knew everything. There wasn't new things to learn in forestry. Either you knew it or you didn't. And I had done it for close to a decade at that point and was looking for a change. Really quickly, forestry consulting. I want to yes. ask about that because I don't want to, I don't want to miss that. 
what does that all entail? Because we know what IT consulting entails. We obviously have a have a great idea of what it, what we do. But so forestry consulting. Forestry consulting. So the the first thing that we would do is forest land management. So we would do something called timber stand improvement. So we would come out. That's I guess this is one of the big differences. We always had to go to the forest. We couldn't remotely work on the forest from where we were. So every day there was at least an hour drive going somewhere to do something. We would look at your forest and based on what you told us you wanted to do, if you wanted to manage for wildlife, if you wanted to manage for timber growth, we would say, okay, let's select, you know, the hardwoods that are the most valuable, walnut, oak, and those sorts of things and get the other trees out of the way. So we would manage, basically girdle the trees, which is cut an inch deep in them, two inches apart, so two rings. And that tree will slowly die, but it'll still be there for wildlife and everything else to use it as it dies. And then the oaks, walnuts, things worth more money to you that are important to you, they'll grow better because they're competing for less resources. So that's what timber stand improvement was. And then this is really going to throw you because I'm sure most people in Indiana don't think this. Every spring, we planted about 250,000 to 300,000 tree seedlings. Wow. So we were we were going to landowners that had bought farms and things like that and uh, didn't want to farm anymore. The federal government has a program called Conservation Reserve Program that would pay you payments for ground up to seven years if you converted it to trees. And they would pay half the cost of planting the trees. So we did a lot of work with people that, I'm just going to say, they were affluent people that could afford to not farm. A lot of doctors that we did this work for, we were planting two or three hundred acres of trees on their property. We planted one Christmas tree farm down around Paoli. We planted a little over 10,000 Christmas trees for them. So, wow. and we were one of, I would say at that time that we were working with about 27 consulting forestry companies doing similar work like that. I'm amazed at, the, at those numbers. That's really interesting. I've never thought this was where this is going. Very interesting work. So Besides your your thirst for knowledge and to do something different, what else brought you to IT specifically? I think I I liked you're a little independent, but there's someone there to help you. And there's always a resource that you can reach into and say, hey, I need help with that. When you're out in the middle of the woods, you don't have that. In IT, <laughs> there's a lot of other people around. The other thing that was driving me to change and it could have been, but IT is where I ended up was my family was growing at that time too. I think when I started with Ty, my second child was born six months after that. Okay. So financial stability was a, a key player there too. <laughs> <laughs> so let's look at the now. And obviously we have so many new hires here at Mosher Consulting and, and many other firms as well, but we are getting a lot of new people in people who have very diverse backgrounds, who have a lot of knowledge, what advice would you give those who want to switch from another field like you did into IT? I would say that there's opportunities out there to attack uh, any career change you want to say. I would say right now in IT, you, we all see it in advertising things. Hey, career is it computercareers.com. You can learn in six months. So I think they've targeted that group and that that education is available and out there that will help you get there. I think 
hands-on experience is more important than learning everything. So if you could get, you know, a small time job, uh, we've had a couple customers that, hey, they're just running a, five PCs in their local office. Can you help us with that? If you could find that kind of work and get a little bit of experience, I think that would help. And then for me, I'm network is everything. Both my jobs came through networking. It's you can be good at your job, but if no one knows you, knows you or about you, you need a network to get in there. During our lifetimes, the explosion of social media, there's a lot more ways to reach out and talk to companies, take advantage of those, post things in LinkedIn, join user groups around your community. If you want to learn and go to events and meet people, the salespeople will like it. The rest of the IT people will like this. Everybody's a salesman. You're either selling yourself a product or the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Get used to that ideal and you're your best advocate. So advocate for yourself, tell your story, explain it. People are interested. You don't think they are. People are interested. Talk to them. No, that's, that's very, very valid advice, especially nowadays when connections mean everything. I mean, you know, talking, obviously your story has a connection piece to it where you met Ty, you make that connection and out of, out of a career in the forest service and forest, you know, consulting, you got into it. So that's a very special, I mean, that's a very special connection and career. Yep. I've been lucky and fortunate. And with that, I mean, as you mentioned, take advantage, uh, those of you who are listening, take advantage of those connections, you know, reach out, obviously use LinkedIn, like Tim mentioned, LinkedIn is a very powerful tool for careers. And right now you're looking at a very different job market where people are pivoting. I mean, we recently just hired somebody within our analytics department that was a teacher and she was actually interning for us at Mosier and she came from being a teacher. So that's, there are stories out there. We have her, we have another, another person who worked at Mosher, who was also a teacher prior to becoming an IT professional. So there are a lot of stories out there for people to mirror like yours, Tim. Yep. Let's say, I know last week, Wednesday, we met with Red Hat, Ivy Tech, the state of Indiana, the Indiana Independent Colleges Association. And there were two people in the room. One had a degree in park service management, and another one had a degree in agriculture and they were both doing IT things just like me. <laughs> yeah, it happens more often than people think. You don't necessarily need an IT degree to get into IT. You just need to have the know-how, that thirst of knowledge, like you were saying, Tim, yep. just to get in it. So Tim, it was a pleasure to have you with us on Ask Anything. Thank you very much for your time today and thank you for your story. Very interesting. Thank you. Thank you for listening in to this week's edition of Ask Anything presented by Mosher Consulting. We hope you enjoyed listening to our very own Tim Mack on how he revived his career. Join us next time when we continue to dive deeper with our resident experts and what they're currently working on. Send us your ideas or topics via our social media feeds. In the meantime, please remember to give us a rating and subscribe to our feed wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, don't think about it any longer. Revive your career. So long, everybody. So long, everybody.